listening to sermons from South Point McDonough, where we are equipping the family of God for the mission of God, to see everyone around us transformed by the gospel of Jesus. For more information, please visit southpoint.org. Merry Christmas. Hopefully it's been a good morning for most of y'all. It was at my home. Sorry, Jason. Uh, if you're new here to South Point, if you came with somebody, uh, or if you just showed up here this morning, grab a Connect card from the seat in front of you uh, and fill that out, and you can just leave that in your seat. You don't have to worry about meeting somebody um, if you don't want to here on a Christmas morning, but fill that out and leave it there. Uh, and if you're a regular here with us at South Point, we still have ornaments on the angel tree outside. So uh, if you can, if you haven't already, uh, I would um, implore you to grab some of those ornaments and take those home, buy the things that are on the back, and bring those by next Sunday. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, just the next several weeks. Um, looking at the new year, we're going to be beginning a series on prayer and then jumping back into Daniel. Uh, but this morning, I do want us to, to look at Luke chapter 2. Before I jump in there, if you are a kid... Uh, come on down. I have a kid's story for you. This is from the Jesus Storybook Bible this morning. So if you're a kid, come on down. We're going to uh, do a version of Luke 2 just for y'all. Got some new shoes. Anybody get a new pair of shoes this morning? I know these boys did. You did? No, he didn't. He didn't? Okay. All right. It's the base of the house, y'all. It, ha it hasn't stopped. He did not. Hey, you gave them to me. All right. What's up, Charlie? Hey, Michael. Hey, Sai. <laughs> you doing okay this morning? You're not. What? I said I keep coughing. You keep coughing? Okay. <laughs> Can you, do you mind scooting back like you... <laughs> A couple years ago, it was me. I gave everybody the sickness, and now it's this one. He didn't get a new pair of shoes. He's only got one on, so. All right. That's right. He got a new shoe. Hoping for the birthday. What, buddy? That is so cool. All right. So we're going to listen to this story from Luke chapter 2. Y'all ready? All right, cool. It says this, that same night in amongst the other stars, suddenly a bright new star appeared. Of all the stars in the dark vaulted heavens, this one shone clearer. It blazed in the night and made the other stars look pale beside it. God put it there when his baby son was born to be like a spotlight shining on him, lighting up the darkness, showing the people the way to him. You see, God was like a new daddy. He couldn't keep the good news to himself. He'd been waiting all these long years for this moment, and now he wanted to tell everyone. So he pulled out all the stops. He'd send an angel to tell Mary the good news. He'd put a special star in the sky to show where his boy was. And now he was going to send a big choir of angels to sing his happy song to the world. He's here. He's come. Go and see him, my little boy. Now, where would you send your splendid choir? 
to a big concert hall maybe or a palace perhaps. God sent his to a little hillside outside a little town in the middle of the night. He sent all those angels to sing for a raggedy old bunch of shepherds watching their sheep outside Bethlehem. I'll, I'll move it so you can see it, buddy. In those days, remember, people used to laugh at shepherds and say they were smelly. I love that watch. Baby Yoda, that's right. And call them other rude names, which I can't possibly mention here. You see, people thought shepherds were nobodies, just scruffy old riffraff. But God must have thought shepherds were very special indeed because they're the ones he chose to tell the good news to first. That night, some shepherds were out in the open fields warming themselves by a campfire when suddenly the sheep darted. They were frightened by something. The olive trees rustled. What was that? A wing beat? They turned around. Standing in front of them was a huge warrior of light blazing in the darkness. Don't be afraid of me, the bright, shining man said. I haven't come to hurt you. I've come to bring you happy news for everyone everywhere. Today in David's town in Bethlehem, God's son has been born. You can go and see him. He is sleeping in a manger. Behind the angel, they saw a strange glowing cloud, except it wasn't a cloud. It was angels, troops and troops of angels armed with light. And they were singing a beautiful song. Glory to God. To God be fame and honor and all our hoorays. Then, as quickly as they appeared, the angels left. The shepherds stamped out their fire, left their sheep, raced down the grassy hill, through the gates of Bethlehem, down the narrow cobble streets, through a courtyard, down some steps, 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 past an inn, round a corner, through a hedge, until at last they reached a tumble-down stable. They caught their breath. Then quietly, they tiptoed inside. They knelt on the dirt floor. They had heard about this promised child, and now he was here, heaven's son, the maker of the stars, a baby sleeping in his mother's arms. This baby would be like that bright star shining in the, st in the sky that night, a light to light up the whole world, chasing away darkness, helping people to see. And the darker the night got, the brighter the star would shine. The end. All right, good job, y'all. Get back and see your folks. Now, did, hopefully you're not like my parents years ago. This was back in the 90s. Uh, we had Christmas one, uh, Christmas fell on a Sunday morning, and uh, my dad was a pastor, and we had to wait till after the service to open our presents. Hopefully, uh, you love your children more than some parents do. Did there, so does everybody open their presents today? Everybody's good? Okay, nobody's like antsy waiting on, I'm just kidding, my parents mostly love me. Uh, but did everybody get what they wanted this, this morning for Christmas? Everybody get what was on their list? Mostly? Good, good. But in light of that, we still know that the best gift of all is what? Cash, that's right. So um, <laughs> if you're still waiting on something, uh, you can still get that, second best gift cards. But seriously, Luke chapter 2. Seriously, Jesus is. We, yeah, y'all got it. Okay. Luke chapter 2. So we read and we looked at Luke chapter 1 last night. I want us to look through Luke chapter 2, a very common, familiar passage to all of us. These first 20 verses, they say this. 
In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth Peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known this saying that had been told them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. The word of the Lord. So we're familiar with this. We've heard different people quote it or say it. We've heard a a myriad of sermons on it, but I want us to look this morning at some of the impact of this. Uh, We're not going to look at this very long, but I need your help for a minute. What would it look like if everyone in the world was actually at peace? If our world was filled with peace, peace with each other, peace with God, what would that look like? Anybody? Beautiful. It would look like heaven. Yeah. What else? It would look like us. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. What else? Fulfillment of promises. Yeah. Nice. Good job. Random noises. Yes. Anything from this side of the room? No offense, but man, they're letting y'all have it. (laughs) Restful, yeah. Glorious. Now we're waking up. What? Calm. Serene. Is that what you said? Okay. Refreshed. Man. When when you kind of sit in that for a moment, you're just like, man, I feel like I can breathe. There's, there's, there's a gap between our current reality and that reality. We sense that, we feel that, right? All around us. Relationships have broken down all around us. In fact, I could probably go around the room 
And we don't just know about someone whose relationship is broken down, but for many of us, probably almost all of us, there's a relationship that is broken from what it is either supposed to be or even what it looked like a matter of hours, days, months, or years ago. We understand broken relationships. For many of us, we deal with anxiety. There's even this war, a lack of peace within us. And for many of us, even walking in this morning, on this beautiful Christmas morning, we would say, I don't feel like I'm at peace with God. Anybody there, at least from time to time? We're we're constantly, yeah, these folks over here. That's why they weren't saying anything, okay? So we're constantly, we feel this tension. We feel this lack of peace. And we've even come in this morning, we said, it's not like I haven't been trying. We want to blame it on someone else. But we can look around, and maybe you came in this morning, you said, man, my, my relationships mostly are a dumpster fire. You said, maybe it's, maybe it's something else within you. My addictions are completely out of control. Maybe you say this morning, my inner life is completely hollow. And if God was real, why has he not done anything to fix this? Why has he not fulfilled me? Why am I lacking peace in my life if God is who he says he is? Maybe even if you look over the past year of 2022 so far, you think there have been some times when I've actually doubted God because of so much that I'm lacking in my life. And if you haven't doubted God this year, there's a really good chance you're gonna doubt God next year. In fact, we almost plan on it a lot of times. If you're in that place this morning, in any degree, and I would say most of us probably are, then we can relate to the Israelites who were sitting in the midst of silence, of relational darkness with God for 400 years, and they were wondering, God, do you even care about us anymore? Are your promises true? Do you love us? Why does it seem like you are so distant, so far away from us? Here's what Jesus wants for Christmas. For Christmas, here's, here's what he tells us. Here's why he came. So that we could experience his glory and his grace. That's what he wants for us. That's what he wants from us. So I want us to see three things in this passage of this morning. Again, a very familiar one for us. The first thing is this. The angels announce, we can look at verse number 14. The angels announce our problem, but more importantly, our salvation. Because they say, look at verse number 14, go back there with me. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace. So if they're saying peace is coming to you, guess what wasn't there already? Peace. So they're saying, hey, you Israelites, you world, for all the people to see, you are at war with God. You've been at war with God. In the midst of war, peace is coming to you. Peace is coming for you. You see, the angels knew this. As messengers of God, they knew that we needed a savior to rescue us from ourselves. We need to be rescued from ourselves. For all of us, we have this God-shaped void inside of us, and we can attest this morning, we try to satisfy that and fill that with so many things, but it leaves us empty eventually time and time and time again. And we keep searching for peace. We keep searching for solace, for significance. We keep searching for these things and it doesn't work. We must be rescued from ourselves. That's why if we go back and look at verse number 10, the, the good news in verse number, it says, and the angel said to them, fear not for behold. Remember angels, they always start with, hey, chill, chill. 
Don't worry, I'm not going to kill you. That's what the people were assuming. They saw these angels. Uh, uh, Verse number 10. I bring you good news. This good news that he's talking about here is the arrival of security, of significance, of peace, of joy, of love, of hope, of meaning, of relationship with Jesus Christ himself. That's the good news that he's talking about. That's why he says in the end of verse number 14, this peace is going to be among those with whom he is pleased. So how do we gain the pleasure of God? If that's something that we're longing for, if that's the reason that Jesus Christ came, how do we gain the favor of God? How is he pleased with us? And we all know this, but the answer is faith. Faith in Christ alone. That's all. That's how we step into, that is the doorway into peace, into love, into hope, into joy. This is not about, hey, try harder, do more. Because even when the angels showed up right here, they had been doing that for thousands and thousands of years. It hadn't worked. And now we sit here December 25th, 2022, and so often we do that over and over. He's not saying, hey, live a better life, and then you can be in relationship with God. No, he's saying, plead the righteousness of Christ. And I think we oftentimes, um, as a church, I know I struggle with this, the American church, we struggle with this probably the most, is that we want to earn the favor of God if we just do more. If we can do more good things than bad things, then God will look at us and he'll want to engage in a relationship with us. But here's the second thing I want us to see this morning, is that your morality, friend, your morality may keep you out of jail, but only the blood of Jesus can keep you out of hell. That's it. Only the blood of Jesus. Jesus Christ was born to die. That was the original plan of God. Where we see the glory of God that the angels proclaim here most clearly portrayed while on earth is when Jesus Christ was on the cross. All love, mercy, grace was displayed in his sacrifice. That's why he came down to earth. The goodness of God is most clearly seen in the godlessness of the cross. We see God's goodness, him pouring out his son for us. Our relationship is not based on what we do, try harder, live better. And when the enemy would come to you and say either, hey, you got to try a little more or else God's not going to be pleased. Or he says, hey, you've done enough. Or the enemy says, hey, I don't understand. Let's try something else besides God. Let's go over here and see if we can find satisfaction. Let's see if we can find pleasure. Let's see if we can find it over here. Can I encourage you to run to John 3.16? Another familiar passage. Let's say that verse together. Y'all ready? It's not going to be on the screen, okay? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? That whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Yeah, that's the promise that we have. That's the goodness of God on display. The love of God is clearly seen by him sending his son for cruel suffering, for a cruel death so that we could know life. It's all about the blood of Jesus. That's what Christmas points to. So the third thing that I want us to see this morning and walk away with 
is that the clearest demonstration of the love of God for you is the gift of his son. It's the gift of his son. So maybe you came in this morning. Um, maybe there's someone missing around the table who's normally there. Maybe that person passed away this year. Maybe that relationship is broken. Maybe as you look back over this year, you're like, man, uh, I didn't make as much money as I thought I was going to. I didn't get the promotion. My kids didn't make the, the grades. This didn't work out. I, I can look back at my life and say, maybe you're, maybe you're here with me. Man, the, the, my best days are behind me. What do I really have? What else is left? The invitation of Jesus Christ is this. He was born, he lived, he died, and he was raised to life so that your wandering heart could be rescued and so that your relationship with the Father could be restored. That's why we say Merry Christmas. That's why it's such good news. And that's why I would encourage you, if you look back at verse number 19, and Mary treasured up all these things. It says that she was pondering these things in her heart. In Jesus this morning, to the one who is depressed, in Jesus, there is hope. In Jesus, to the one dealing with anxiety, there is peace. In Jesus, to the one who is struggling with a performance-based mentality, there's joy. In Jesus, to the one who is wandering, to the one who is lost, to the one who is doubting, in Jesus, there is love. And so I would plead with you this morning. It's like, maybe you have that relationship. Maybe you said the prayer. Maybe your faith is in Jesus. The only thing that he wants for Christmas this year is to experience a deeper relationship with you. And so run to him, fall upon his grace. That's the good news of the gospel. He was born, he put on flesh just like us. He identified with us. He lived perfectly the way that we were designed to live. And then he was put into the ground. He was buried after being beaten for us, not just taking the wrath of mankind, but taking the wrath of God the Father so that our relationship with the Father could be restored. There had to be a penalty paid. That's the basis of forgiveness. He was put into the ground, and after three days, he was raised to life by the power of the Spirit. After 40 more days, he was seated at the right hand of God the Father, where today, in the spirit and in the flesh, Jesus Christ is making intercession for us, pleading his righteousness for us. What a great gift. What a great joy. What a wonderful peace. What an enduring hope. What a clear demonstration of God's love that we have. So my prayer for us this morning is that we would have a deeper faith. Even this morning, we're going to celebrate this time of communion together. May this be a time when we are repenting of those other areas of sin. And as we look back, we can be reminded of Jesus being born in a manger and the angels declaring. But we're also reminded that he was born to die. So this time represents the broken body of Jesus. It represents his blood that was shed for us. And as we dip that bread into the juice at these four stations, 
We are looking ahead to one day when we will be in glory with Jesus perfectly. Amen? Man, what a great day. And so this season of Advent, we've lit these candles the past several weeks. May our hearts be filled with anticipation. And may we be sharing that good news in our homes, but also with those around us in the same way that the shepherds did as they ran and told other folks around them. So I pray that we would remember what Christ has done. Remember this day that we'd be repenting of our sin and that we'd be rejoicing that Jesus Christ is coming again just as sure as he came the first time. So family, you are invited to join me for communion. <laughs>